our shit. We are back, guys. Welcome to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. We actually have the whole gang back together, kind of, anyways, a little bit. We are zooming our way through. Uh, we are at the IB Racing Brew Factory, and I believe Jason is over at the Four Seasons right now, <laughs> holding it down. Actually, no, he's over at his house, uh, just kicking things off on the Zoom, so... Lawn and order. <laughs> yeah, lawn and order going on, everybody. So uh, welcome back. It's been a while since we actually had the whole gang together. Uh, shit, guys, what's new? Man, I'm just glad to get back to some type of normalcy, man. This this last week and a half has been shit for me and and so uh, and the family. So we're, I'm glad to get back to normal and talk about some racing and forget about real world and, and uh, enjoy a few beers and uh, hang out with the buds and let's uh, get this show on the road. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to jump off and, uh, you know, send out our condolences to your family and for all the shit that you guys had to go through mm. the past week. So, uh, well, thank you. I, I don't want to talk about COVID very much, but I just want you guys to know for the, you guys not taking it serious. My sister didn't take it serious and she died eight days after she got it. So, uh, she was 51. So yeah. Um, be careful out there is all I'm going to say. Yeah, definitely, everybody. Uh, wear your damn mask. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, likewise, man. There's one way. It's it's a piece of cloth, man. Just just wear it, and let's help everybody out. Well, I don't think we're too far away from a national mandate, so uh, like it or not, it's coming. Yep. Uh, Jason, uh, you're back after a while after taking a little bit of a break, so uh, what's been going on with you? Well, um, likewise, my son tested negative for the Rona, so that's good. And uh, Did you say Corona or what? Yeah. Corona. <laughs> Corona. Dorona. But um uh so other than that, just taking a break, uh doing my day job and um still following everything, still keeping an eye on what's going on, enjoying the racing. I mean we've had a lot of great racing, so I'm I'm excited and uh, excited to get back and talk with you guys. I miss the uh miss the banner back and forth. So Yeah, definitely it's definitely good to have you back on. Speaking of great racing, uh, sadly, uh it's all starting to wind down a little bit right now. Uh, yeah, it's sad. But it is what it is. But uh, last week we had some really good racing on, on Dirt Vision, and thank God for Dirt Vision and Flow Racing. Oh. No kidding. I mean, it's made 2020 actually, like, you know, bearable. And uh, what what's great is it's actually made, you know, kind of opened my eyes up a little bit to some other racing going on and to uh, – you know, it's kind of made me a fan of other things, uh, other other racing. So it's it's been a great thing. I'm glad that it kind of got everybody kind of jumped into the stream, and uh, you know we can all see a lot of these great races out there. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of being able to see some great racing, it's not over for us. As Flow Racing announced earlier, I think last week or earlier this week, that uh, Western Springs Speedway out in New Zealand is going to be uh, they're going to be streaming the races. So. Uh, not going to be much of an off-season on the streaming service for us. We, we still get to watch uh, racing from all over the world now. I'm not waking up at 4 in the morning to watch racing. <laughs> you, can, you can watch it on the replay, bud. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit, what else? Uh, locally, let's see here. Uh, uh, the Turkey Chase, which is an indoor go-kart race here in Lincoln, Nebraska, that has been canceled. Uh, I know we weren't going to mention the Rona that much, but uh, due to the rising Rona rates here in, in Nebraska, the organizers has felt best. It's to, felt best to cancel that thing. Yeah, that's too bad. I, I went out there one year just to practice shooting photography and and uh, just see what it was all about. And man, they really raced. There was tons of cars out there and so forth. But it's unfortunate that I mean, it's just a repeat story. COVID kills this and that and the other. And 
and it's just another another event that's getting um, canceled because of COVID and with the restrictions and so forth. It's unfortunate because there's a lot of kids that love to go out there and do their racing and adults trying to be kids that uh, race, and it's just unfortunate that uh, it's fallen by the wayside. It's a cool event for a lot of people that uh, really enjoy that uh, that event. You know, I took uh, Stephen out there last year, and it was just a blast. We were out there watching it, and you know, the thing about go-kart racing is there's so many classes, but it's so accessible uh, to so many people. And and you watch, I was watching kind of some of those guys going around on flat carts. I'm like, holy crap, man. <laughs> these guys are these kind of hot. I'm, I'm sitting there like, okay, hold a second. Hold a second, Jason. You might be able to find something you can actually put your ass into. So, <laughs> But, one- you know, it sucks. And... And, you know, like you said, you know, we, we hate in there. Hey, we don't want to talk about the own and all that. But, dude, it's it's the 800-pound elephant in the room. Yeah. You can't get away from it. And it sucks that it's canceled. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys who believes it's like it sucks, but it's for the better. You know, it's it's temporary. This will end. We'll be back next year. I mean, things are looking good on the horizon. So, you know the worst part about that whole event is you smell like exhaust entire prep forever yeah forever and, yeah and you can't it's, it's for it takes so much to wash it out of your car you your just clothes. throw your clothes away just throw it yeah. away yeah. <laughs> yeah that was that was the worst part about that whole thing yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely a good time to go out there i mean it's it's an off-season race it's a chance to get everybody back together and just kind of bullshit for a while because i don't know why but for some reason sprint car racing here in nebraska stops on labor day yeah, yeah it, it's always been that way. Yeah, yeah, we we run late models and modifies until Halloween, until the freaking snow flies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so shit. The midgets and even never after quit the running. snow flies. Yeah, the midgets never quit running. They're they're racing all over the country this week. Yeah, yeah shit. I went to a damn modified race in Beatrice, and there's fucking snow. <laughs> yep, I've been there, done that. Saw saw uh, snow in McCool one time. It was an early yeah. season race, but uh, in McCool. Yep. Wow. Saw the snow. Uh, got actually. And speaking of snow, at a sprint car race, I actually got a uh, snow at the World Finals one year. The one year I went there, we we got canceled because of snow. In Kakalaka? Yep. Well, <laughs> well, if you were there this year, you wouldn't have seen the snow. So it would have been hard. Yeah. Snow, so so we're gonna go there. <laughs> we're gonna go there. Yeah. Uh, but before we do, I want to mention tonight's guest uh, because uh, he's one of the guys that brought you brought you the sights and sounds of that whole uh, World Finals, or I guess it's the last call they're calling it now uh, due to the, uh, once again, COVID. But anyways, uh, Ross Weiss is going to join the program. We're going to recap the World Outlaw season and probably talk a lot about silly season because there's been a ton of driver changes here in the last week or so. Yeah, there's been a lot of driver changes. And then, of course, the the, the people renewing for next year so. Uh, I always love this part of the year because uh, I don't get in trouble by anybody for reporting false stuff. I, I, I see the announcements. I put it on ibracing.com. I think it's backslash silly season. You can keep up to date on what car on what driver's driving what car and so forth. So, uh, yeah, I have a lot of additions for this this uh, broadcast. It's, uh, it's pretty fun to see driver changes and swaps and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it's a pretty exciting time. We're seeing an incredible amount of movement this year. For I mean, sure. that, that that is the one thing that surprised me was just not only the movement, but where people were going to. It was uh, it was really an interesting. Uh, it, it's quite the silly season. I mean, it, I, I guess it's so, quote, 2020. <laughs> it makes sense. So might as well. 
Yeah, I can't wait to listen to Ross talk about next year for the Outlaws because it's looking like it's going to be about one of the most stout fields that the Outlaws have ever been able to put on the racetrack. And uh, it, it, this year was stellar races. I mean, some some of the best racing ever. And so next year, it uh, if everything works out uh, COVID-wise, uh, it looks like it's going to be a stellar year for, for the world of Outlaws, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that it's been great racing all around, and you know, I think that's been foreshadowed a little bit about by Kyle Larson kicking everybody's ass. But uh, even when Kyle was there, the racing was great on for the most part of all, all on all their events. And we might get some drivers off of welfare this year, and they'll, they'll, they'll start <laughs> they'll start getting some better paychecks. But yeah, for sure, uh, with Kyle gone, um, uh, we're gonna see. Um, parody among the group and uh, i'm kind of excited I, I think that we're going to see sheldon do even more sheldon stuff he's becoming a very patient driver i think he won seven races this year shukart's the same way uh it, it's uh, there's kind of a i hate to say changing of the guard because i know shots is going to catch up on that ford and but it, it's going to be a i, I just it's just going to be a great year next year for the world of allies and i can't wait yeah, I got a, I got kind of a rhetorical question I'm going to throw in front of Ross, but um, it is one of the I you got to look at that and say this is probably one of the most competitive World of Outlaw fields I I think we I've ever seen. Period. Yeah. I agree uh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I'm going to change subjects here a little bit about some stuff that's more important. What's everybody drinking tonight? Well, I just drank a. Confluence Brewing Company out of Des Moines, which is, if you're in the Des Moines area, it's an amazing brewery. Um, it was uh, Hill Hopper Pale Ale. It's a, it was a really good beer. I found it at Hy-Vee and Council Bluffs the other day and bought a four-pack, and I should have bought a six-pack. But uh, I'm about ready to jump into the Oktoberfest from IB Brewing, though. What about you, Jason? What you got going on? Uh, right now, after being pre-lubed by a La Finca Vineyards from Chile, Chilean Malbec, <laughs> and before you get real excited about it, it was like five bucks Trader Joe's. But anyway, I'm now drinking a Dark Side Vanilla Porter from Lincoln's own Empyrean Brewing Company. Well, I think I have you all be because I'm drinking uh, something very cool. Our very own Quick Time Pale Ale, brought to you by uh, Mr. Brad Brown over there and the uh, IB Brewing Company. I brewed it just for I'd, you, BA. Son of a bitch, I got to bring a damn growler over. <laughs> and it is mighty fine. I love it. It's I good can stuff. Bring, I'll bring, bring a growler while I come over and get those empty wine bottles. It, we'll, we'll, we'll make a prisoner exchange. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to some more racing stuff. Uh, let's see. Brad, I know Brad has a bunch of notes. Uh, let's, let's keep the local scene going on right now. Uh, we've, we've talked about it quite a bit, but uh, it's finally official that Dennis Parker has stepped down as president of the Nebraska 360 Series. Yeah, it's a shame. We all expected it, and we didn't want to hear it, but it's here. Uh, Dennis Parker stepped down, and that means basically unless somebody steps forward and takes over the job, uh, Nebraska 360 sprint car racing is dead in the water. So uh, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, damn it, we all expected it. You know, if I, you know, let's, let's, um, you know, raise our glass bottle, whatever we got to Dennis Parker, because uh, he did, you know, for so many years, I'm what, six, seven, eight years I now. Was, I think it was eight years. Yeah. Eight years, you know, since kind of Eagle kind of dropped the three sixties. 
you know, kept 360 racing alive. And, and, you know, for many years it was alive and well, and, um, you know, it's a lot of work and anybody who's promoted a race knows that this is not an easy thing to do. You've got to get, uh, you've got to placate, you know, the track owners, you've got to put a field together. You've got to keep those guys happy. And I think Dennis did a tremendous job, you know, obviously, you know, a racer, a racer's racer as it were for Dennis Parker but also you know just a great mediator between all the owners and getting races together I I really gotta you know send a salute to Dennis Parker for all the service he's done for sprint car racing in Nebraska and if there was a guy who I think really belongs in the Nebraska sprint car racing in Nebraska racing hall of fame I you know Dennis Parker definitely deserves a nomination for that I would agree with that 100%. Uh, it, it's a kind of a thankless job because uh, you're always going to have somebody mad at you every night, no matter how good the racing is and so forth. And uh, so I applaud Dennis Parker. Uh, he had nothing to gain by doing this. He just wanted to keep the sport alive that he loved and uh, loves. And and so he, he spent a lot of time doing it. And so I raise my glass to uh, Dennis Parker and cheers to you, buddy. Yeah, I think you also got to throw Randy Palmer into that mix a little bit. It was kind of him and mm, him yeah. and Dennis that you know, yeah, definitely jumped in and you know, kind of kicked off this thing. I remember being at the first uh, one, I want to say club meeting or whatever you want to call it, yeah, just to just to hear what everybody's thoughts were about you know, kicking around the idea of getting a traveling three hundred and sixty series, so to speak, here in Nebraska since Eagle dropped the thing. So, you know, hats off to both those guys. Uh, hopefully, someone steps up and. We can keep 360 racing going on. Well, I think we talked about it previously as well, but the MSTS 360s out of South Dakota are kind of in the same boat. Uh, Houston's uh, released their schedule for 2021, and there's only one MSTS race there. And we've talked about how in order to make this thing work, because both series have low car counts, they needed to work together. And I'm sure they worked together a little bit. But uh, I don't know all the ins and outs of the relationship, but there was uh, tension there. And uh, it appears that the MSTS 360s are on life support as well. So it's really unfortunate in the Midwest that we're having to struggle for 360 racing. But uh, it is what it is. Um, um, We still have a huge field of 305s and Eagle, but uh, you guys all know my my opinion on that. But uh, I just hope that... uh, I-80 will still schedule three, four, five, three sixty races just because they are trying to keep it alive in Nebraska. So I applaud the Kaziskis, but uh, we'll see how next year plays out, and hopefully we can get a few races in this next year. Yeah, definitely. I want to kind of throw something out there and just kind of get your guys' opinion on it since, you know, it's it's not my money. I'm not, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight at all, but what would you think about, like, I-80 picking up, like, a 360 weekly series? Do you think that's something they could do, or...? I just don't think there's cars there to do it. I mean, I think that I think it'd be awesome. I would go there a lot, especially after I get the uh, vaccination. <laughs> but um, I just don't think there's cars. Bend over, there. Charlie. Bend yeah. over. I mean, you got the the what is it? Tony Rose Catalyst um, 360 team that didn't race this year because of COVID. They're coming back next year. Um, you got Dover um, Ledger. Stu has a three sixty. Stu has a three sixty. Stu Snyder. Seth Bramer. Um, the uh, so there's there's eight or ten regulars that would be there, but you need twenty twenty five to have a show, and um, of course you know the the purse would be a a, 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 a 
talking point, uh, whether we can get some South Dakota cars come down, um, if we can get some Knoxville cars to come over on a Friday night or something like that. But uh, I would love to see it, but I just don't see it, it possible right now anyway. The problem you have is with the purse is, you know, if you look at the total payout is you have to pay out what 70, 80% in just the top 10. So if you're not getting, you know, 10, you know, 15, 20 something cars to entertain the fans, you're still paying out that chunk of the purse. Right. And that's, that's the problem. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see it, but I just don't think you got the cars to do it. And I think with, um, the cost of a 360 anymore i'd love to see it i'd love to see some sort of regular event i i would love to see maybe if i80 were to guarantee say eight shows in the msts and whatever's left of the nebraska 360s got together i'd love to see something like that but um i just I'd love to see it, but I just don't think it's practical at this point. I think I'm going to reach out to a couple 360 teams this this next week and see what's on their mind and see what's going on. And I know the Ledgers, uh, they're 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 heavily involved involved with 360s, so maybe I'll reach out to Tracy and see what's what the plan is. But uh, it, yeah, right now it just is not good for Midwest 360s, and uh, as a result, that's got to hurt the ASCS National Tour because they always stop by here, South Dakota. Um, even sometimes in Western Iowa. So it's, it's the sport in three sixties is hurting and, and, uh, it's across the board. And well, and I think the problem is you're getting kind of uh, backwards pressure from the three Oh fives too, is that, you know, they're making that accessible for so many people, but, um, and you know, we're getting to the point where three sixty anymore. I mean, shit, you can get a four ten together going. And, yeah, and, and fuck it. Let's set all and go four ten racing. Well, it, and that's been said several times. I mean, it's not cheaper. The motors no. are within ten thousand dollars of each other. Um, you're racing for three to five thousand dollars, and with the outlaws, ten thousand dollars for four ten. And you're racing for ASCS is three thousand, and locally it's a thousand to twelve hundred dollars. And so, yeah, I don't know why you would put a three sixty together when you can spend a couple extra dollars and put in a four ten and race for more money. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna go deep, and I'm gonna go way back into this, and I and I've you know this is me, Jason Orth speaking. <laughs> me, Jason Orth speaking, not Brandon Anderson or Brad Brown. Once again, uh, the views and opinions expressed yes. on this program are strictly <laughs> by the uh, individual saying them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but this goes back to the ASCS not controlling things when it had a chance to do it. And I think that to me, that's and you say what you want about the race savers, but race savers have a fluid, you know, they can go in there and they can control it. They can change it. They can, they can adjust on the fly, but ASCS let this, let this shit get out of control. And that's where, we're, that's why we are where we are. That's, that's me. That's me speaking. Chase so, North, so not an employee. <laughs> so it's probably a good idea that we did not have Brian Holbert on this week. Uh, we had to cancel him last week. So it's probably a good idea. That's all right. I'd go up. <laughs> I, I'll go. I, I'm not, I'm not going to. The thing is, Jason, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Uh, it uh, it got way out of control a long time down the road. See, that's that's I, above my pay grade because, you know, I'm just a camera guy. I take pictures and well, I, I, I think it's shitty just one of those things. Where, so you got proof. <laughs> yeah. I think just one of those things where yeah, there was 
this was kind of thing that I think that happened with three sixties around Eagle too, is there was always this, well, I've got so much money invested in X and all these heads and all that. And we wouldn't, wouldn't pull back and just have to make that hard decision and say, yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm sorry, but that three, four, 5,000 that you put in the heads is going to waste next year. Cause you ain't going to be able to run it. And I think it was an unwillingness to go up there and say, Hey, this is the rule. We're going to make that change, and I'm sorry you have that money in there, but this is where we're going to go because we're trying to trying to pull us back. I'm, I'm sorry, man. If they can do it for tens of millions of dollars in Formula One, they can they can sure as fuck do it in 360s. That's me. <laughs> Silence among the peanut yeah. gallery. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, like they say, if in racing, if you want to make a million dollars, you better start off with two million. So I. I Nobody really has the answer. Everybody talks about wanting to make it cheaper, but nobody makes it cheaper. So I, I don't know where we go from here. But uh, you got to make the hard decision. Yeah, I, I pray to God that we have the Kaziski step up and have three, four, five, three sixty races next year. And as much as I, I love it, I, I would love to see Roger step up and host a couple three sixty shows. I mean, Eagle Raceways is is a badass sprint car track. There's no doubt about it. No so, doubt about so it. So seeing three sixties out there and four tens out there. I mean, even the 305s, they put on a hell of a show. So, I mean, I would love to see all sorts of sprint cars out there at Eagle. Well, that's a great thing about being such a short track is, you know, like you said, 305s, 360s, 410s. It's a great track for sprint cars. I mean, it is a sprint car track. And I don't think Rogers. What the fuck was that, Brad? Uh, if you could see <laughs> what the uh, the beer expert here just did. Did, did, what, did he pull me and, and like, uh, put nothing but foam in the glass? There's about eight let inches me, ahead on this beer right here. Let me just yeah. say, last week, um, I was carbonating my <laughs> Oktoberfest and my Amberbach. And on Tuesday, I was supposed to reduce the carbonation. Well, Tuesday, shit happened. My my sister had problems, and I had to leave town. So we had three extra days of carbonation on my beer. So uh, it is overly carbonated. And uh, as a result, you get a lot of head on your glass of beer when you pour a beer out of your Oktoberfest or your Amberbach. As a result, I got a lot of head on my beer. It will go down, and it's still beer. And so... <laughs> so... With that said, I think we need to move I'm on because our, our our viewers, I mean listeners, need need more content. So yeah, I was going to bring up something, Jason. You mentioned that you know Dennis Parker deserves to be in the uh, Nebraska 360 Hall of Fame, or not Nebraska 360, but the Nebraska Racing Hall of Fame. Um, our friend James Rowland, who does the uh, Eagle Raceway Roundup here with us when we're actually racing the Eagle Raceway, he's hosting his own podcast called Ro- Roland Race News. Uh, you can find that on Spotify and basically anywhere you can find our podcast, you'll be able to find his. Um, he had Tommy Denton on the other day, and he mentioned that uh, that he believes that Beatrice Speedway is the only local racetrack that has their own Hall of Fame. Me and you, Jason, discussed this a little bit. Doesn't Eagle Raceway have their Hall of Fame? They kind of did. And um, here's, here's the funny thing. If you go, I don't know if you can see it now, if you go to the side of the concession stand, the east side of the concession stand. It's where you uh, get the pizza and the wings now. Yeah. All right. So you go to the uh, that of that uh, main building that's up there. And if you take a look from the side, you know, and get get the light on it real real tight, 
you can see a Eagle Raceway, a Hall of Fame in there. And there's names like uh, Gordon Woolley and Lloyd Beckman. And you can see where they put that in there. And I know when Craig uh, Cormack had the track, we had kind of started an Eagle Raceway Hall of Fame. And I think the plans were to build something a little more permanent, you know, with actual like displays and such, a, a wall of fame. And on there, and um, I mean, obviously that that didn't happen. You know, he sold the track, but that is a, that's an interesting point. Is that there is not a uh, quote unquote Eagle Raceway Hall of Fame. I know Beatrice makes a um, a very concerted effort to uh, host that Hall of Fame. Uh, if you go down inside there in the concession stand area, they have a little display for that up there, but. Um, I would love to see Eagle Raceway do that. It's a track that's been around for you know nearly 60 years. And I think there's just been too many names, too many faces to ignore them and not, you know, try to enshrine them in some way, you know, some semi-permanently, even if it's just a uh, display with names on a plaque on a wall. Yeah, definitely. I know you mentioned that, you know, if you look closely, you can see that the remnants of what we would say the Hall of Fame. I know they had... On there also, they had last year's track champions, and they I think they had a list of all the track champions and all the classes that raced out there at Eagle on that list when uh, Craig owned the place. So it, it'd be kind of interesting to see and, you know, maybe get a hold of, I don't know if Craig would know or anything like that, but to see actually who was all on that list and kind of start things up and uh, keep things rolling with that Hall of Fame because I think it'd be cool. Um, I always thought it'd be inter- interesting to start a Hall of Fame. I always thought that, you know, going completely off topic here that Lincoln needs like a hockey hall of fame. You know, you could have that, you know, displayed at the ice box or whatever. Uh, it's just, it's just something that James brought up on one of his podcasts. And I, I remember us talking about it a little bit. If you consider what auto racing, especially, um, you know, sprint car racing has been to the Lincoln area. I mean, you know, especially you look at the late seventies, I mean, go back and look at some of those uh, race results from the late seventies. You see names like Schumann, Wolfgang, you know, and then you go back earlier in that Opperman, Beckman. These are guys who are in national sprint car halls of fame. I, it's, I just think that we need something here uh, to honor that. And, and really, you know, for as far as sprint car goes, uh, Eagle Raceway is kind of the last one to have that. Anything, Brad? (laughs) I got nothing. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to jump back, and we're going to be joined by Ross Weiss on the the hotline, talking World Outlaws, uh, talking silly season, because there's been a lot of driver changes going on in the Outlaws. Uh, We'll probably uh, uh, re-join the Zoom meeting, because I don't know how long they uh, go before (laughs) they start charging us. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back.
everybody welcome back uh, joining us now on the uh, hotline is the video guy for the world outlaws you can also find him as the host of open red ross weiss ross man how's it going what are you doing this tuesday night still going really good guys uh actually just just got home from uh dinner at my soon-to-be future in-laws house and uh, now settled back in my office here here at home ah ross finally put a ring on it didn't he yeah 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 back this summer so we got a we got a november of 21 wedding date set not in race season. I like it. Smart man. <laughs> yeah, about about two three weeks after race season gets wrapped wrapped up next next year. Well, if your if your fiance agreed to that, then you she's a keeper. If she's not going to interrupt racing season for this, yeah. Well, that becomes a problem when you have a lot of friends that work in racing and you like to have them at your wedding. You kind of have to schedule outside race season, <laughs> so they've all got the availability to be there as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, here in Nebraska, it's all about Nebraska football, so you don't dare have a fall wedding, but. Uh, yeah. Somehow I got married on August 4th, and that was before the season, and it worked out really well. So uh, here, uh, t- what are we, 30 years later, we're still together. So props to you, man. Dude, I got married on a, uh, in Nebraska football season on Nebraska-Texas game. So, Oh, uh, my goodness. Uh, all right, we're a racing podcast. So we're going we're gonna to transfer <laughs> over to racing a little bit. So uh, we just wrapped up the World Outlaw season uh this past week at the last call at Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, we renamed that from the World Finals due to this whole COVID situation. So, Ross, in a in a broad sense, kind of give us a quick synopsis of the uh, recap of your World Outlaw season. I mean, I think the easiest way to describe it is uh, unexpected. Um, that was kind of the the theme of, or maybe not even unexpected, but just unknown. What was kind of the mm the the keyword of the year you know we we tore into it there at uh 
Volusia way back in in fe- February, and you know the the series and you know our world racing group or organization as a whole just had so much momentum leaving February, and you know we had a had a few quiet weeks there before both the sprint car and our outlaw late model series were supposed to gear up and go again. And, you know, the late models got a weekend of racing in there in March, but you know, the, the, the sprint cars go to Texas and everybody's getting ready to unload there in the pits at cotton bowl speedway. And, um, you know, I think all of us really quite vividly re- remember that week is kind of everything just kind of crashing around us. It, it seemed and everything kind of slowly, uh, shut down, not just across the, the sports world, but, uh, you know, our, our lives as, as a whole. And, um, you know, as, as our company CEO, Brian Carter has said in, in multiple interviews, when you, when you run a racing series, you, you always know when the next race is going to be. And, and for, for several weeks, you know, at that March, April point in the year in 2020, we didn't know when that next race was going to be. And that's, that's a really scary position to be in when you, you work for an organization that, that you know that's sole purpose is to to put on racing and to entertain people um so you know but we we got back into it there at, at may and at at, at uh, that we got back into it in may there in knoxville and um i think to to sit here now in mid-november to have gotten a 54 race schedule in is uh something we're all uh quite surprised with but uh very very pleasantly uh surprised and happy for as as well absolutely props to you guys for for piecing this schedule together it couldn't have been easy and uh um you you guys were i I feel you balanced it out really well by going to the midwest to the even though ohio is midwest but midwest western midwest and then pennsylvania and so forth you guys spread it out well enough to where the demand was still there but uh um you never I don't know, frequented one certain spot all the time, but to place, uh, to put this whole thing together the way you guys did, uh, it just, first of all, it had to be a, an, an enormous task, but to pull it off the way you guys did was, was very impressive. And so props to the whole staff there because it was, it was a, an amazing year for the world of allies. Yeah, it, it was, we've got an amazing group of people put together under the roof there at, at world racing group and the, you know, the, the, the jobs that, you know, Brian, our CEO, and then, you know, on down to the, the series staff on both the sprint car and late model side of things. And, you know, the, the work that, that they were doing sometimes on a, a two week notice to have to drop and find a, a new date to, to have a race, uh, you know, kind of in that window and just all the promoters across the, the country that, you know, worked with everything. And, um, you know, obviously I'm, you know, in our little dirt vision corner of the company, the, all the you know great contractors that we work with there across the country and you know camera guys that we work with to put these broadcasts on you know getting those guys booked and available and found on on sh- short notice it uh, was definitely well, one of the more stressful years of of my now seven with with the outlaws <laughs> yeah i want to nerd out here a little bit you mentioned the the contractors with the dirt vision stuff do you guys have like a set camera guy in like kind of each region that you guys kind of reach out to or a group of guys that you reach out to when say, let's say the outlaws here are at I-80 Speedway. Do you have a group of guys that, you know, they're in this area, we can send them out there or how, how do you guys go around booking all that sort of stuff? Yeah, we've got traditionally what our model has been with that is, you know, we've got like a good core group of guys, you know, like you said, kind of regionally 
around the country that that we call on and you know when the the schedule would you know comes out traditionally it would come out at the pri weekend um you know with that's not won't be happening this year but uh you know when that schedule comes out in december january you know we started having conversations with guys then and trying to get them booked on the calendar because um i mean especially with the where the racing you know the, the the short track broadcasting industry as a whole there's it's a great time to be a, a camera guy in in this world because there's there's so many people broadcasting now so you know you're trying to get some of these guys booked as early as you can because they may have any number of other broadcast providers trying to get a hold of them as well but yeah we we, we start booking guys as early as as we can and you know then kind of dive off into the season from there but you know, when, when, when you're out in California, it's a guy like Dean Mills. And when you're out in Pennsylvania, it's a guy like Steve Gigas. And like you said, they're at I-80 when we're kind of in that Iowa-Nebraska area. You know, we've got Chris Crone, who's been, you know, longtime shooter there at, at, at Knoxville. He'll, when it's not a, a Knoxville race night, you know, he'll he'll travel out to some, some midweek or Friday night shows for us up there in, in you guys' neck of the woods. So we've got a, a really good core group. And then outside of that, you know, if – if we're struggling to find somebody somewhere, we, we've got a lot of friends, you know, through our work with, uh, you know, CBS Sports Network on our TV schedule there. So if we're struggling to find a camera guy within our normal circle, um, you know, we'll reach out and see if there's a, a camera guy who one of our TV contacts may know who's kind of outside that our normal realm and, you know, bring them in and work for a weekend. So and there was uh, just so much of that kind of last minute booking this year when race dates were changing uh, you know, last minute and you'd have two or three week notice to try and get all the positions filled to, you know, for the race that was coming up in, in three weeks. So, uh, but thankfully we, we, uh, we got them all done and broadcasted this year. So what you're saying is I should put away the still camera and learn how to operate a video camera. It's a, it's a great time to be a, <laughs> a video camera operator. Yes. It's, you know, there's, there's I mean, so many other great guys out there who's, who I didn't even get to shout out there, but you know, guys like, like Jeff Converse, who, you know, he does a lot, a lot of shooting with us, but, you know, you see his camera work a lot on, you know, a lot of the all-star broadcasts over there on, on flow. So there's just so many great camera guys out there uh, right now that are just an absolute joy and a pleasure for us to work with on the Dervision side of things. Well, um, this may be a dumb question, but I hope it's really not, but, uh, you know, when when Dervision really started, I don't even know how long it's been, three, four, five years ago, um, if you get on social media and that's, it's not a good resource, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of complaints about the Dervision broadcast, that it's cutting away, it's stuttering, it's breaking away, whatever. You guys are – you stepped up your game so much, and this month, this year I bought Dervision every month, and I watch more races this year than I ever have um, just because of you guys. And actually, my wife loves it, too, because uh, after the races, she can walk into bed and there's no dust in her hair, no dust in her eyes. And she's in, she's in bed in, in 10 steps. But uh, what have you guys done as an organization to step up your game to minimize the the disruptions and the, um, the, the I, I don't even what they call it anymore, but the, all the disruptions that, that uh, stopped the division from having a quality podcast. Cause you guys do great stuff right now and uh, there's never a disruption, at least on my end and a clear photo other than in Charlotte this last weekend. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you guys put on a great bro- um, broadcast. So what have you guys done as an organization that's uh uh, improve the the broadcast uh, over the years. 
Well, uh, well, first thing, if if I could go back to one of your earlier comments, Dirt Vision has a, a much longer history than the last three, three, four, five years. Um, we're just now in year three of doing every race on the sprint car calendar, but okay. Dirt, Dirt Vision goes clear back to 2004, five, six, and it's its mm-hmm. first earliest uh, in incarnations, uh, kind of in and around the the outlaws, and 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 really got a, a, a lot of its start initially in the Northeast with the the, the big block modified cars up there, um, but before kind of World Racing Group kind of bought out. You know, and bought into that style of racing up in the the northeast. But to to get back to your in, initial question, they've uh, the, the, uh, our again our, our CEO Brian Carter has, has just he has has made every concerted effort to invest in in people and invest in the the tools and resources that we have at our disposal. So I'm I'm glad to hear people noticing things like there being you know less less struggles with the, the broadcast, but a lot of it goes back to, to one of his, you know, one of Carter's favorite sayings is to eliminate the single points of failure. So every place that we can have a backup or a backup to our backup, you know, in place, you know, cause for as great as it is now, a, a lot of internet streaming is still an imperfect science. There's still a, a, a lot of really, really crazy nuanced stuff that can 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 go wrong uh with one of those and and stuff that frankly may be entirely out of our control but to you sitting at home you don't know that you just know that your broadcast is isn't working so you know we try to have you know every bit of you know to the to the video player that you're watching in on the website you know if the primary company we use for that video player has a problem we have a, a plan a you know, we have a plan B, plan C, plan D, so on. You know, things are struggling to to make sure that if things go go wrong with the primary plan, we have a backup in place to to still get that out to you. And and you know, the biggest thing that has improved our broadcast quality in the last two or three years is you know working out of our studio here in Concord, North North Carolina, like we do, instead of solely relying on all the production to happen trackside like it did in the past. So, so we have a, a production staff that's on site at all the races, you know, they do, they get all the cameras together, do all the switching in our trailer. And then that gets sent over, over satellite feed to our office in Concord, where we add more of the, the graphics in and polishing touches. And then from our office, it goes to you watching at home. So having, Having that internet connection there in Concord being the one that pushes to you, the viewer at home, is is one of the biggest things that helps with that consistent quality to to the the end viewer because we're not relying on whatever internet or cell service may or may not be available at whatever racetrack we that might be out in the middle of nowhere this weekend. We have a rock solid connection there in Concord that pushes the show to to you at home. Yeah, that that's amazing that that technology that you know you guys can have that you know HD streaming service. When you mentioned you're, you're at a racetrack in the middle of nowhere, I mean, it you're, it sounds like you guys are just like you know one pit reporter short of it being a uh, full blown TV broadcast. Yeah, we've and you know we keep you know we have a lot of pit reporters now too. So that that's been one of the such fun parts is that we just we keep trying to as closely as we can bridge that gap between an internet streaming broadcast and an actual network TV broadcast. And, you know, we, we still have a lot of ways to go. And, you know, I, you know, really think these, 
these four broadcasts we put on last last weekend at the the last call at Charlotte between the late models and the the sprint cars was was the probably the closest we've come so far to I think one of our best looking you know shows in in terms of a a broadcast quality pr- production so and that's always our goal is to to just kind of keep pushing the the envelope there to to make it a better higher quality more polished broadcast product for the person sitting at home spending their money to watch with us well i must say that between between the um the pit reporter and your drone um it's uh, uh the the pod your 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 broadcasts are amazing you guys do a great job and i really appreciate it uh i don't care if there's a couple flaws because uh i, I will never get to a race in north carolina so if i can sit it in Lincoln, Nebraska, and drink one of my Ivy Brewing brews, home brews, and watch a, a race in North Carolina or Pennsylvania or whatever. I I, I really appreciate it because it's a it's a good po- a good broadcast. I keep saying podcast. It's a it's a it's a good <laughs> yeah. podcast, and and everybody enjoys it. And and as you as I said earlier, the the um, very few complaints on social media, and it's so easy to complain on social media. So you guys are doing something right by having all these uh, positive comments on there. Yeah, we, we 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 really do try to to do our best to to take care of everybody, and you know that's not to say you know there's going to be people that have that uh, occasional you know random problem that you know, but we we've got a really good group of you know people in our office, and you know who are also sitting at home monitoring on race and try to help with the the tech support side of things, but you know there there's still any number of those one little things that. You know, oh, the browser on your smart TV updated, and now it won't support our video player, or yeah. something like that. There's just so many little nuanced things that can affect how well one of these internet streams works for somebody, and right. you know that that can be one of the biggest challenges in terms of trying to keep up with it, where as few people as possible have those little annoying issues like that. Speaking of uh, smart TVs, when are we going to get that Ruku app? It is. <laughs> I know it's. I I know people like to give. You know, Dirt Vision a hard time on social media for saying that you know the apps are are coming soon, but I I can literally tell you that I've seen the within the last two weeks I've seen the beta version of an Apple TV app and the beta version of a Roku app. So it is it is on the way. I have laid my own physical eyes on it, and it is it will be hashtag soon. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it is. It is coming. I love it. I love it. So yeah, that that's you know that's good news for all of us that are too lazy to you know just Chromecast something from our phone or a computer to our TV. So, <laughs> well, kind of change directions here. Um, there's been a lot of changes post uh, post Charlotte. Uh, driver changes, car changes, and so forth. Uh, you got to be pretty excited about what uh, what appears to be a pretty solid lineup for next year. I mean, you got. David Gravel going to the two car in big game motorsports and uh, getting that car back out on the World of Outlaw Tour. And you got uh, Carson Macedo going to Jason Johnson Racing number two. Man, it, it looks like next year, 2021, is going to be <laughs> it's going to be an, a stellar year with just just by going off the driver lineup that we've seen so far. And there's a lot of drivers that haven't even announced their 2021 plans yet. So what do you, what can you I know you're probably sworn to secrecy on some things, but what can you uh, share with us uh, tonight about uh, the 2021 season and the driver outlook? I mean, it's it's one of the more active you know rounds of musical chairs here this silly season that we've seen in a couple of years, I think. So, 
you know, we, we, we've got new drivers joining us. We've got new teams joining us. You know, we're, we're, I guess, teams that were with us that are now coming back to us with the, the big game car. But, uh, you know, really, I think it's been a number of years now. A lot of people have been asking, when is Aaron Reitzel going to gonna come out and give the outlaw thing a try? So I think a lot of people are going to have their eyes on that, watch it, seeing what he can do in the Roth Motorsports car next year. You know, like you said, we've got, Carson Macedo, you know, while we hate to see the Kyle Larson car go away, we're, we're very thrilled to keep a, a, a talent like Carson Macedo out there night in and night night out in the, the Jason Johnson car. And, and uh, you know, to have David Gravel say he's coming back for the for, for the full year, kind of unsure about what any of his NASCAR plans may be, because, you know, I obviously get why he, he was pursuing other, other things this year, but, you know, you kind of wonder what might have been if he hadn't missed those three or four races, uh, you know, off doing his his couple tr- truck starts this year and what really what kind of championship battle could have been if you look at how close things were on the owner point side of things this year. So uh, just just really uh, mean nothing but optimism for the group of drivers that, you know, uh, that are kind of coming together for for 21 for this deal. And uh, hopefully we see a few even a, a few more announcements here in the coming weeks and months as we get closer to february and uh, it's going to be i think just you know i feel like we say it every year but another one of the most competitive years the world of outlaws has ever seen can you can you tell us there's a couple surprises or can you allude to that at all i i can't allude to anything okay no i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> i don't know some <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> Ross, I'm going to read you a list of, of people, and this is kind of a rhetorical question, but Brad Sweet, Logan Schuhart, Donnie Schatz, Sheldon Hodenshield, David Gravel, Carson Macedo, Aaron Reitzel, James McFadden, put them on a uh, average, I don't know, whatever, one-third, one-half, three-eighths, seven-sixteenths mile track, who wins? I mean, I did, my point is this is probably the most competitive field that's ever been fueled by the world outlaws maybe in their entire history. Yeah. It's, you know, people love to have that, you know, that like Steve versus Donnie, you know, debate and who's the, the true goat. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know, you know, no one's ever going to match the numbers that Steve puts up, but I think you, you can make a very strong argument for Donnie, at least having had the stronger field to go up against. Um, so it's, I mean, the, in terms of just the caliber of cars from first through 24th in a feature rundown with the world of outlaws anymore, it's, it's incredible. I mean, only one guy can win, but 18 of them in the field probably have a realistic shot at it on any given night. So to just to have that, I mean, it's, it, it's always striking to me, like when you look at like qualifying results at an outlaw race and the whole field is within a second or, or some, some stupidly small margin like that. I think that's one of the truest tests of just how razor thin the advantage that anybody really has is. Um, and, and I think it's, it's why we're seeing, you know, we've had now two years of really good close points races. Cause it's just, nobody ever really gets a chance to pull ahead. Cause this guy's really good on Friday night. And then this other guy's really good on Saturday night, go somewhere else on Sunday night. This third guy will be really good. So it's, it's really, it's, you know, we're, we're not, we haven't really seen any kind of era of, you know, 
domination for a couple well, of years, which, which, which yeah. is weird to say still with Donnie out there. But even, even though you, you look at Donnie's 2020 season and he's, you know, to be sitting in October, November, as we were and for the national open to be what his fifth win of the year, his sixth one of the year, mm-hmm. that's un- unheard of. He's normally pushing 15 or 20 that time of year. So to, to, to see the wins dispersed more throughout the field, that, that they are now, I think is a, just another sign of how deep the, the field is as well. Well, let me, yeah. And to put that in perspective um, and I props to the world of outlaws for finally one uh, acknowledging preliminary feature wins, but, and thanks to put this in. Yeah. <laughs> to put this entire thing together, I, I was doing just some uh, quick analysis and there was 3,374, a feature wins. 1721, which is about 51%, were won by four or five guys Steve Kinzer, Sammy Swindell, Donnie Schatz, Mark Kinzer, and Doug Wolfgang. Who was who that second guy? Uh, Sammy Swindell. <laughs> oh, thanks. And Never heard of him. on second. <laughs> second. <laughs> Ross, I'm a huge Sammy fan. That's why I brought that up. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. But, but to your point, is like you said, you know, the diversity the um spread you know the amount of talent that is there now compared to before and and you know these are guys who won features against guys like uh you know these are sprint car hall of famers they won against you know shane carson and stevie smith you know these are guys who are going to be up there and it's just incredible the kind of uh, diverse field that we are facing now and it's um Almost, a, I would almost say it's almost a golden age of World Outlaws, and so I'm I'm really excited for for what the future holds. Yeah, it's 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 certainly been a incredible time to to work for the or, or organization. Like I said, I've been here this past September 2020 with seven years with the the company for 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 me, and to see even the growth that has occurred in the time that uh, I've been blessed to be a part of the company has been nothing short of spectacular. Just with you know, number of races, you know, the employees we've been able to bring on with the, the, the resources we have now, now adding in here the last two or three years of the success of the, the, the dirt vision side of side of things. It's, it's been an incredible time to be an outlaw. And uh, I think the, the future continues to be nothing but up for, for, for the organization. Well, Ross, before we let you go and we're wrapping up up here on almost a 30 minute conversation, I got, I got a couple things and Brad has one more thing. Um, I don't know if you can announce it yet or if you even know yet. Are we going to see the Outlaws back in Nebraska next year? <laughs> that I do not know yet. Um, I haven't. I've seen a, only a couple very preliminary copies of the, the the schedule. There's a lot of really exciting race dates on there. Going going back to some places and some parts of the country that the series hasn't been to in a while. So um, you know, and I mean, let, let's be honest. A, a lot of it is wait and see what the world looks like in 2021. Yeah, too. So I, I know it's early to call that. So yeah, yeah they're, they're, yeah. they're scheduling races like they can, but you know, taking what we learned this year as an, or, as an, or, or as an organization about being able to have to scrap everything and schedule a new race on two or three weeks notice. Some of that is, you know, we've got that in our back pocket for 21 now. And we have a, we have a, a playbook that 2020 taught us, to 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 make us smarter and that much better at it as we head off into to 21 as we you know the, the whole world waits to get this pandemic behind us okay my other things were what is the status and uh kind of the new things on um we haven't brought it up before but your weasest pieces i thought you know you scanning the old programs was 
awesome. I love looking back at the old stuff. It's really, I've just got to just keep finding time to get new content put up on there. Now that we're into the, if you can even call it an off season, the off season is really a, a, a myth in the form that a lot of race fans think, think it exists. But, um, I've, I've got a pile sitting here next to me in, in my office of a bunch of old pavement modified programs that Tom Schmay sent me. Um, so I'm going to get started on those here in the next few nights. And, um, you know, I've got a whole pile of stuff in my office that I just haven't even had room to, to bring home yet. So, uh, that's really just a, a side project of mine that is as I find the time to, to work on it. So, uh, and you know, with moving into a, a new house this year and everything, the, I haven't maybe given that project as much attention as it's had in the past. Uh, but, uh, hopefully here in the next few weeks, I'll have some, some quiet eve, evenings at home and uh, I can put some time into getting some stuff digitized to post on there. Well, I think you kind of answered my question. I was going to ask you if you could give us a couple of hints about the <laughs> 2021 schedule, but uh, you kind of answered that. So I guess I really don't have a question to, to ask you about the schedule. I really hope you come back to I-80 Speedway or even if we can squeeze in the Eagle Raceway. I mean, four tens on Eagle Raceway Please. is amazing. So but uh, yeah, you you pretty much answered my my question about 2021 schedule. So uh, fingers crossed, you come back to Nebraska, and we'll uh, hope to see you uh, when you get here. Yeah, there's there's a lot of really exciting stuff coming. I think fans are really going to like the 2021 schedule they're putting together. Um, a lot of a lot of really exciting places and races on the calendar, um, and uh, it's going to be another another great year for the world of outlaws. So thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, this has been a good time and. Uh, it's just like 80 days to Volusia or whatever it is. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get ready to go and do it again here shortly. Yeah, definitely. Lastly, before we let you go, we mentioned that you are the host of Open Red. Uh, it's, it's programs like Open Red, uh, Rip Defense, and Wing Nation is why I started this uh, quick time podcast. Kind of, It kind of started off as a, you know, just talk local racing here, but uh, it kind of evolved into a more national kind of deal. Uh, what's next for Open Red? I know you have a new host now and uh, – Kind of, and you, I guess you've kind of taken a couple of weeks off. But what, what's next coming up on that on that program? Yeah, like you said, got a new host now. My uh, friend and coworker Rob Blount, co-host of the show with me, and uh, I mean, we're really just you're just going to try to keep telling telling the stories of the world of outlaws. Uh, you know, trying to find uh, you know new and exciting people to be on there, and maybe people that you know maybe some names that people haven't even thought of in a while, you know, kind of a, where are they now? Uh, kind of deal we're, we're trying to do for, for some of them here. So, uh, just, just, they just recently invested and got us some new production toys for the podcast. So to really kind of increase the overall quality of that. So I'm excited to get those broke out here in the, the, the next week or two, but, uh, just really just kind of just continue what our, our, our goal has been since early on in the show. And that is, you know, we, I, I've always truly felt that we we were kind of like preserving an oral history of the World About Laws Sprint Car Series uh, with each week's interview on the show, be it somebody who's you know on the track now or somebody who was on the track 30 years ago, um, and, and so just trying to talk to more of those personalities and and give the fan at home uh, you know a reason to 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 know more about this person off and away from the racetrack where they would normally own, only see them. And I, I think we've been accomplishing those goals and we hope to continue accomplishing those goals going forward. Well, I appreciate uh, open red. I, I, I really enjoy mm-hmm. the stories from 
yesterday's drivers. Uh, you you had several on over the years, and I, those are the the story times that we try to do here at uh, at Quick Time. Uh, listening to like Mark Kinzer and Carl Kinzer and Sammy and all these guys that that used to race and tell some of the road stories that they had. I really enjoyed those parts uh, more so than the others, but uh, I really enjoy all of your your podcast because. Uh, you guys just sit down and tell stories, and that's that's what I like. You don't ask cookie cutter questions and so forth, and and uh, it's it's an enjoyable podcast to listen to because uh, you you get to learn something every time you have a different guest on the on the uh, podcast. Well, well, thank you. I, I certainly appreciate that, and that that's certainly our our goal. We always carry the mindset into it that that no one is listening to that show for for us. So they're, you know, they're, they're listening for who we have on that, that week. So trying to give just as clear a pathway as, as we can for the, you know, the guests to, to talk and tell whatever stories they have has always been our, our goal. And, uh, you know, that's, I think we, we've certainly accomplished that. Like you said, with guys like, you know, Bobby Davis Jr. And Dave Blaney and Mark and Carl Kinzer and Steve Kinzer and Sammy. And, uh, just when I, every, every so often I'll sit and scroll back and look at the list of our old episodes. And it, it truly just kind of floors me every time to see the, the list of names that this job has enabled me to have a conversation with, um, or, or just the, the names that pop up on, on my cell phone now, uh, occasionally, sometimes it still kind of takes me aback every time I get a text or a phone call and my phone lights up and it says Brad Doty. I was like, who am I, this kid from Southern Illinois that Brad Doty's calling and texting me all the time now? But, um, you know, it's that, that's just one of the, you know, kind of parts that still makes me geek out a little bit about this job after seven years is the, the people like that that I've been able to foster some kind of relationship with. Yeah. Now, now you can add the guys from QuickTime Podcast to that list. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll put, I'm, I'm saving this number in my contract right after this interview is done. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for jumping on with us on this Tuesday evening. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your day. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited for the uh, 2021 season for the Outlaws. Uh, I assume you can check all the updates on worldoutlaws.com and uh, Open Red. Yep, certainly. Thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate you having me on. We'll, uh, we'll see everybody at Volusia here in a couple months. Everybody uh, – Enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and whatever else happens in between, and we'll see you in February. I want to thank Ross for jumping on the program with us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with some more Silly Seed. All I ever wanted was you, but you left me alone inside these empty, broken walls. And I can't see it clearly, but it's obvious I know that you left me.
All right, race fans, welcome back to the program. Uh, I know Brad has a list of more silly season stuff going on. So, Brad, what's on that list of yours? Yes, sir. It's been two weeks since we've been together, so we're going to go through what's what's uh, changed in the sprint car world in the last two weeks. Uh, some of these names you may have heard of, some of them you may have not heard of, but uh, uh, they're pretty prominent names uh, across the world, uh, the United States. So, first off, uh, Matt Campbell is taking over for Brian Monteith in the Premier Racing number 21 out of Pennsylvania. Jerry Parrish owns that team, and shit, for the longest time, I thought Brian Monteith owned that team, and uh, but uh, he left the team here recently. and uh, Seven years in that team, if I remember right. Seven yeah. is all? I thought it was like 70 years. It seemed it, like it's Monteith, been a while. It seemed like Monteith in the 21 was just, uh, it was just the way it was. Kind of like Steve Kinzer in the 11. So. Yep. Yeah, no kidding. But, uh, Sammy in the 1 and uh, Fred Raymer in the 88. Yeah. Well, Brian Monteith stepped away, and uh, uh, Matt Campbell's been named uh, to drive that car for next year. Um, Ian Madsen uh, is taking over the Sam McGee Motorsports number uh, 11. Zeb Wise uh, drove it in, on the All-Star Tour last year and got one win and Rook of the Year honors. But uh, I did not see the interview why he left, but he's, he he had an interview why he left. But uh, it's kind of a surprise, but uh, Ian Madsen's taken over. Yeah, They I, are going to do the whole um, All-Star Tour next year. Yeah, I know if you uh, go on uh, flowracing.com, you can see uh, the uh, – the Zeb Wise interview, and he'll talk about how he still plans on running wing races next year. Well, he, it'll be interesting to see how he does it. He may have to provide his own car because he didn't really set the world on fire in the 11 car, but uh, he he had a respectable season, so uh, good luck to him. Uh, Non-wing racing, uh, Shane Cottle will be staying in the 74X uh, Josh Hodges racing car. They're going to drive uh, a lot of USAC, MSCS, and uh, bigger non-wing races in the Midwest. So uh, um, Josh Hodges used to drive that car a lot, but uh, has recently stepped away and became an owner instead of driver. And Shane Cottle uh, has set in the – I wish we could get more non-wing racing here in Nebraska, but it just – I love uh, it. It just doesn't happen. I do too. Yeah, we're just, we're just not lucky enough to have – we're too far west to have the non-wing guys. I know Missouri has a non-wing series going, and uh, – was it Richards here in Lincoln, Nebraska, is trying to get one going? Yeah, Terry, Terry Richards trying to get one going. Uh, I know um, that Dondra Jr., big, big non-wing guy with Mark Bursch, he, he runs out and runs that Power Eye stuff. And I guess it's the Midwest Wingless Association or something like that that he runs out there. And then, Yeah. Yeah. So there's potential. It's anyway. with USAC. Yeah, there's potential anyway. But, uh, yeah, um, Shane will st- um, Cottle will be in the, the, the 74X. Uh, Carson McCarl has stated several times in several different interviews that he's jumping up to the 410s, and and if it's official here last week that uh, he will be jumping up into the 410s weekly at Knoxville Raceway in the Jetco sponsored uh, number 27 at uh, at Knoxville. Um, Brandon Raymer, here's kind of a surprise. Brandon Raymer stepping away from Dad's car and um, Fred Raymer's car, and he's going to jump in the 1W car for John Westbrook Racing. And uh, racing uh, Williams Grove and other Pennsylvania tracks, and so I guess if somebody's willing to pay the bills, you're you're gonna jump over and help them out. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a surprise. Brandon's stepping away from Dad's car and jumping in the John Westbrook car. So um, another car, the 13 car, the Book Motorsports. Uh, Paul McMahon was driving that car for the last three years, and. Uh, but uh, he has gone away from that car, and Justin Peck is going to be jumping into that car. And Paul alluded to the fact that uh, T. 
team, our car, our drivers are bringing money to with them, and Paul has a seat and a helmet, and that's about it. So uh, that pretty much cost him the ride in the 13 car, but uh, Justin Peck will be in that 13 car. Um, kind of a rumor that I never saw coming was Roth Motorsports. Uh, Aaron Reitzel is going to jump in that 83 car and travel that was the full world of LRG. Yeah, yeah I, that one was definitely a surprise. If anybody got that right, I, w- I was kind of thinking Carson Macedo would get that being a California kid and, yeah. and a California that's car. That's the car I was leaning to, yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's going to be a stellar uh, stellar team. Uh, Aaron Reitzel can drive the shit out of anything, and he'll bounce off of cars, he'll bounce off the wall, and he may not finish some races, but he's going to win you some races. Yeah, as well. definitely love him, or, love him or hate him. He's he's going to wheel the shit out of a car. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Chase Dietz announced that he's going to be in the Trone Outdoor number thirty nine. That thirty nine's a, a guy it has a, a history. It's a historic car there in Pennsylvania, but uh, he's going to be driving that thirty nine car next year. Uh, the car struggled this year with different drivers uh, trying to find a something that worked for him, but they just never really found much. No. Uh, Chase stepped in towards the end, and he's had a couple good runs in the car, so they're going to team up together for next year. Now, didn't Lance we used to drive that car? Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's that's the last prominent driver that I remember in that car. Yeah. Um, I think was it Tanner Thorson tried it in this, this year, and he didn't do yeah, very I well. So. Um, Hunter Schurenberg's re-upping with the Vermeer Motorsports, the Vermeer Motorsports out of Pillow, Iowa. They had a pretty decent season this year. I don't know how many wins he has, but uh, they were a strong performer all year long. So uh, they're going to stick together. No, uh, no plans announced on the schedule, but uh, they're sticking together and going to um, run another year next year in 2021. Corey Eliasson's jumping, uh, staying in the 26 car with Routine Racing on the All Star Tour. Brian Brown kind of alluded to the fact that he's going to run 100 races next year. On the on the, last time he was on the Quick Time podcast. He's going to run 100 races, uh, FEP, Casey's, and most of his sponsors are back. And that's a beautiful car. I don't care what anybody says. It's plain. It's simple. It's red, and now it's just red and white. And uh, that that car's a, a, a nice car. So. Yeah, I would love to see him get a – you know, you mentioned the FEP, the Casey's. That's kind of all local Midwest kind of sponsorships. I would love to see him get a national kind of deal going and be able to jump on that outlaw tour because I think he'd definitely be a force to reckon with now. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting you say that because I just read an article where Casey's General Store bought out Bucky's, Bucky's. General mm-hmm. Store. Bucky's is really strong in Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and the southern Midwest, I guess you could probably say. So um, that could lead into something bigger and better for Brian Brown. And, uh, yeah, Brian's too good of a driver, and it, he – He's ready for something bigger and better. I mean, no disrespect to Knoxville or the Midwest, Jackson or Houston, but uh, he's ready for something bigger and better. So maybe that would lead into something bigger and better for Brian. Yeah, Brown. Brian Stephen you know, nice. Go ahead, Jason. He's he's been there and done that. You know, obviously, you know, driving in the six car, and um, it, it'd be nice because I think he's got the mindset now. You know, which is really cool. He's got that mindset to go ahead and tear it up and. Um, I think it'd be fun to see him go down there and, and just tear it up. Uh, I, you know what I miss? The NCRA 410s, because I think he'd be fantastic just yep. mixing up with that as well. Well, Brian has five wins on the year, and for a lot of people, that's a pretty good year. But for Brian, that's not a good year. He kind of struggled in a lot of races and and so forth. And uh, so hopefully maybe he can get things all put together and have a have a really good year for 2021. So uh, – um, hopefully, I mean, 
he's just a he's just a damn good driver and he needs to be i mean he needs to do what he needs to do for himself so uh I guess it's enough on Brian Brown, but uh, <laughs> I, don't yeah. know where to, I don't know where to go from there. Uh, Gio Selzy in the 18 car uh, from KCP Racing. Uh, the schedule is undetermined at this point. They're going to look at the, the World of Outlaw Tour. They're going to look at the All-Stars. And they're either going to run one of those two or else they're just going to run whatever the hell they want to run. So uh, um, Gio's given up a NASCAR career. And he loves race, sprint car racing. And uh, he's got a great opportunity in that uh, KCP racing. So uh, he's going to give a hell with the, the KCP racing team. Yeah, we were going to have Gio on last week, but due to some unforeseen circumstances circumstances we uh we kind of nixed that interview uh, i've been texting back and forth with him but we will definitely get him on at a future episode the next car is uh cj larry cj larry is a non-winger he's a usac guy he um has had a lot of success this year in uh in the, in the non-wing sprint cars with the usac and so forth but uh uh, I don't know if he's going to do that next year, but for sure I know that he's going to be teaming up with Alex Bauman, which is a NASCAR driver. And uh, you know, Alex is fielding a 55 car with Val- Valvoline Oil as a sponsor. And uh, CJ is going to be hitting the, not, the, the the wing sprint car tour a little bit next year. Alex is a hands-on guy, and he's, he's listed in several different uh, interviews that he wants to be there when his car races. So due to the NASCAR schedule, it's not going to be a lot of races, but uh, he's going to race. He's going to have that 55 car show up when uh, when he can show up and help with the team. But CJ Larry, that's a, that's a great car. They shook down the car, uh, I think two or three weeks ago, and uh, um, they're pretty they're pretty happy with where they're at right now. So that's pretty impressive. That the it's a beautiful car. It's a red car yeah, with Valvoline sponsorship. Got a see that car? Yeah, yeah, definitely go check out Alex Bowman's tweet out several times. Yeah. Uh, check that out. It's it's a real, it, especially if you're like a retro nostalgia guy like I am. It, it's a fantastic car. Yeah, it's clean. You can easily see the sponsor, the '55. So, yeah, it, I, I, I hopefully uh, CJ can take to uh, wing racing like uh, Hunter Schuenberg did with uh, the '55 car. Hunter's done really well on that car. So hopefully CJ can do the same type of thing. So, uh, looking for big things out of the Alex Bowman Racing CJ Leary '55. Um, Cody, uh, Carson Mosquito, Carson Mosquito, he's going to, he, he, he was out of a ride in the two car without Kyle Larson racing, shut her yeah. down. Kind of completely understandable. He, he doesn't need the distractions now that he's back into the NASCAR and so forth. So, uh, Carson's jumping in the Jason Johnson racing number 41 and going to hit the world of Outlaw tour. And so, um, boy, I, I don't know how you can expect anything less than a lot of wins out of that car because uh, Carson is a, a great driver. He's I think he's got the most um, uh, position positive improvements in the positions on on a features for the Outlaws this year. He's got several wins with the two car. Uh, got a lot of big things and a lot of high expectations out of the Carson Macedo next year. Yeah, and there's not even a number change with that. So good for Carson. <laughs> yeah. Autograph stays the same. What do you mean? I'm losing it. Number two. Number two. 41. Oh, shit. I'm retarded. Carson Macedo is going to be in the 41. I was thinking the, I was thinking the big game. I was thinking the big game car. My bad. Dad gummit. <laughs> well, that brings me to the big game car, the number two car. <laughs> <laughs> David Gravel. Uh, Gravel is switching rides. He is leaving the 41 car and jumping on to the two car. The big game motorsports Todd Coring car is jumping on the World of Outlet Tour. Um, a hint, uh, Dave Gravel posted or tweeted that the, 
the neon orange will be back next year. So that means, in my opinion, killer crossbows will not be on the side of the car next year, but something else will be. Will big game tree stands be back on the side of that car? Uh, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait to see. But uh, uh, but those are the driver changes that we have seen so far. You've got to assume uh, uh, right now that uh, Brad Sweet will be back in the 41 Napa car. you ne- you got to assume. 49. I said 41. <laughs> you <laughs> did. All right. We've been drinking, folks. Yeah, four, yeah. 49 car. you got to assume that Donnie Schatz will be back in the – 15 car mm-hmm. so and they're uh, gonna have things figured out oh yeah uh, it's only a matter of time till that car's top notch and i think and everybody's ass yeah me. i think towards the end of the season they they showed that they're getting on top yeah. of that ford motor car back so donnie's definitely not washed up like some other racers will oh well, hell no <laughs> <laughs> so yeah looking uh pretty excited about this silly season there's gonna be a lot of driver changes and there already has been so uh Stay tuned with, uh, I hate to plug it, but ibracing.com. Uh, they'll have, uh, he will have the Silly Season updated uh, regularly. So uh, I was going to go there. I was going to say, keep up to date with all the Silly Season news at ibracing.com. <laughs> yes, sir. It, has, it is and it has always been the best Silly Season in the biz. <laughs> I try to. So sometimes my coworkers don't work with me very well, but uh, I'm the only one that does that website. So just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, well, moving on. I- uh, personally, I want to think say this uh, this Zoom thing with Jason has gone pretty well. Um, you can't even tell that he's not even on location with us, so it's it's definitely sounded good um, on our end, anyways. So uh, cool. So uh, if you beg to differ, let us know. You know, we we love to hear feedback. So uh, the Zoom thing is definitely working out pretty good. Um, we want to bring up Scott Gerken a little bit. He's the mm. former crew chief for Steve Kinzer. You know, all those years kicking everybody's ass on the Outlaw Tour. Unfortunately, Steve uh, Scott has passed away uh, this week. Uh, I believe it's from some complications with cancer. So, uh, I know Jason. Jason probably knows more about Scott than than I do. Uh, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame member, uh, a fantastic crew chief. I know he was uh, brought along to, you know, a part of Carl Kinzer. I mean, if you haven't, you know, the insider will know what who Scott Gherkin was and Scott Gherkin was, um, an um, absolute motor engine wizard, uh, the crew chief wizard. I just, I, I would, I won't argue that I would argue that maybe he was as much as to what made Steve Kinzer, Steve Kinzer as Carl Kinzer was. Well, there's probably something to that. Cause when Steve stole Scott Gherkin from, Carl Kinzer, um, Carl and Steve didn't have any Christmases Christmases together, so uh, nope. it caused a lot of problems there. So, uh, yeah, uh, Carl, uh, um, Scott Gherkin, and uh, Steve Kinzer, they, they had a hell of a career together after Steve came back from NASCAR and so forth. So, yeah, it's sad to see somebody with that much talent uh, um, leave too early, but uh, – Life sucks sometimes, and uh, uh, but prayers to Scott Gherkin and his family. It's a, it's a sad to hear that he's he's passed away way too early. Yeah, definitely. So, all our thoughts and prayers from the Quick Time Podcast crew is uh, thing about Scott and his family right now. So, uh, I hope you all keep him in his thoughts and prayers as well. 
And moving on, <laughs> so, well, <laughs> it's, it's always a hard segue from something like it that. It is, so. yeah. It's so tough. we got a couple other things we can talk about. So, if we really but before sure. Brad, I, I was, you know, well, you're running down that list of driver changes and the silly season stuff. I kind of had to go uh, uh, drain the lizard, so to speak. So uh, I see you just tweeted out about an hour ago about a uh, royal flooring for uh, GSLZ. Did you bring that up at all? I no, just that. Uh, I question whether that was just a show car or is that going to be the prior uh, primary sponsor for GeoCellsy. So if you want to know what we're talking about, check out the QuickTime Pod dot, uh, QuickTime Pod on Twitter, and uh, you can keep up to date on all of our, our retweets and stuff like that. So I just got Sh- a shameless little plug there for our I, Twitter account. I, I th- really think it was just a show car for the uh, for the flooring company, and that's not going to be the. It's the, definitely the a good looking ride. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, it is absolutely. But uh, kind of changing gears here for a couple of things we need to finish up on before we call it a night. Uh, Chili Bowl came out and announced that they're going to be mm. 25% capacity this year uh, or in 2021. Uh, that place is usually sellout crowd, standing room only. They pack you in every little corner they can pack you. But uh, due to restrictions and COVID restrictions and so forth, 25% capacity. Everybody will have to wear a mask over their nose. They will have to get their temperature checked. No chin diapers <laughs> entering the building. <laughs> there is no way in hell they're gonna they're gonna be able to enforce all that because after Uncle Jim gets two or three beers in him, he's gonna drop that mask down below his chin, and there's mm-hmm. no no way they're they're gonna. Not to mention, how are they gonna put three hundred cars in the pits? Social distance and all that stuff. So that that's their challenge. That's not our challenge. But just so you guys know. Um, 25% capacity, uh, face mask worn all times, um, temperature checked, and so forth. So uh, it's going to be a different uh, different year for the Chili Bowl, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I, I from what I understand is the uh, seniority is going to go to the uh, season ticket holders at the Chili Bowl that had it the longest, uh, is if they get in this year or not. So Yeah. Well, I, I'd with, be curious if they get in at all. And you At know, point. everything's up in the air right now. I know that yeah. the uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals over there in St. Louis over I want to say Christmas weekend is when they hold that race. Yes, um, yeah. They they canceled that one for this year, so it, it's as much as I hate to say it, this COVID thing has ruined a lot of shit for us. It it sucks. Well, and winter's coming, and it's just going to get worse. So winter anyway, is coming. Yeah. Another thing. Um, for you PA Warriors, uh, everybody always, already knows this, but Kevin Naus is uh, re- retired from sprint car racing. Even though I have heard a thousand times that no driver ever retires from sprint car Same racing. Same Swindell. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there, Kevin, Sw- uh, Kevin Swindell. Kevin Naus <laughs> has retired from sprint car racing after 27 years. He's going to focus on his Kevin Naus designs. He does the K1 fire suits, and they're, of course, uh, beautiful fire suits and so forth. But uh, also KNN uh, Safety, com. He's just got other things going on, and racing is not his priority anymore. So uh, he's going to focus more on his business than on his racing. And he was a stud out there in Pennsylvania driving 358s and, and all that stuff. So he's he's been a great driver, but... Uh, He's pulling back and going to find something else to do. So uh, props to him for uh, changing his career goals. Harley White's selling out. Harley White is the first lady of ASCS Sprint Car Racing. She's selling out uh, her team. Um, I don't know the exact uh, 
um, I don't know what is all going on there, but uh, um, she announced that she's selling out her uh, Harley White Racing uh, number 17 car and uh, going to move on to bigger and better things, I guess. So uh, Yeah, I know she's looking for like a car owner to- a car owner or a team to drive for next year. So uh, we all know that money runs this whole deal and running a family yeah. team is damn expensive. Well, I I think, I don't know this for a fact, but I think her sponsors are more, she was honoring the company more than the company was honoring her. So uh, yeah, if, if she was footing the bill for the ASCS tour, that's really expensive for the price of motors and so forth. And uh the purses don't support the travel and so forth, but uh, no, um, Harley's a hell of a driver, and hopefully, maybe she can come up with something that uh, will help her get on the road again next year. But with that, that's all of my announcements. <laughs> I I hope you guys had a and that new, uh, that news was brought to you by ibracing.com. <laughs> I hope you guys had a yeah. little notepad to keep track of all that. But if you didn't, go to ibracing.com backslash uh, silly season, and you'll figure out uh, all the latest and greatest news from drivers for 2021. Yeah, definitely. And with that being said, uh, you know, as much as I hate to say it, it is now officially the off season here for a racing season here in the States. Uh, so uh, I don't know where that's yeah. going to leave the podcast. I, you know, as much as I love it, you know, I love getting together with you guys and, you know, the banter and talking shit and talking racing together. Uh, who knows what, is going to lead for the podcast if we're going to take an off-season break or anything like that. But I, I do know that we want to get some of the, as Brad alluded, you know, the older guys in the local racing scene to come on and, and tell some stories on the road and just, you know, and just kind of bullshit. So we're going to see where that leads us. I know we, we want to get uh, guys on like uh, Riggins on and uh, Billy yeah. Alley. And, yeah, J.J. Riggins mm-hmm. said he'd come on. Billy Alley said at a later date he'd come on. Yeah, get guys like Tad Holloman, Terry Holloman on. You know, all the all the older regime of, of, he, of sprint car racing. Even Brad Doty said he'd be more than happy to come on here. So uh, we're going to try to figure out where we're going in the off season. But, uh, I mean, just like this weekend, there's only a few races. Arizona Speedway's got a couple of non-wing races. BAPS has a 410, and King Speedway in California has a 360 race. So... There's just not a lot to talk about right now. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. If if anybody out there has made it through all one hour and thirty three minutes of this podcast so far, <laughs> <laughs> if there's any driver on on the local scene that you want to see us get on, you know, definitely tweet us. You know, leave a comment or anything like that. So uh, we'd love to hear feedback. And with that being said, I think that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. Yep, I don't have anything else. So. Uh... We'll we'll all sit down and have a, a, a committee meeting and figure out where we're going to go from here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, uh, Jason, thanks for jumping on the Zoom. Uh, it worked out pretty well. Uh, Brad, well, Brown, thank you guys. Always thanks for hosting the uh, the shindig and providing the the uh, the quick time pale ale or quick time cream ale. Sorry, cream ale. Yeah, I cannot read at this <laughs> at this moment. So, <laughs> so yeah, thanks for everybody for jumping on, and we will catch everybody on the flip side. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>